way. This is the way. This is the way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of the Rough Cut Retrospective. We are into the new year and out of 2020. Woo! It's all going uphill. Psych. Anyways. Everything has gone well. For those just joining in, this is a podcast of two film nerds just talking about pop culture and just like the general uh, zeitgeist of today. And yeah. So I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Jackson. And the other one, ooing and aahing in the background, is our other co-host, Mr. Carter Sims. That's me. I provide color commentary to Jackson's <laughs> commentary. It's great. It's great. And uh, yeah, this week is is an interesting one. We're going to deep dive into some news. We're going to talk about uh, The Mandalorian Season 2. And we have a very special uh, first attempt at having five people on a podcast at one time. And it, <laughs> yes. it was a lot, but I think uh, we did good. And I'm excited for it. We're going to have a little Star Wars trivia for the big Star Wars nerds out there. Because as a casual fan, um, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was certainly eye-opening with these three people that we got on the podcast later. But uh, I'd like to think I know a lot about Star Wars. Um, but boy, these people know a lot more than I do. And they do. It certainly shows. Um, and they're great. They're great, wonderful people. And uh, we'll, we'll shout them out right now. Their names Alex, Jeffrey, and Davey. And they're great. And we love them. They're good friends. So They are indeed. They know a lot about Star Wars. And they know a lot about friendship. And that's, that's why true. they are our friends. <laughs> the real Star Wars was the friends we made along the way. Oh, there it is. There it wow. is. <laughs> that's the message we need in 2021. Oh, well, Carter. You want to just jump into it? Let's just. I, let's why just not, going. man? 2021, baby. Let's dive in. Yeah, so let's start us off into Tell Me Something Boy. Tell me something, boy. Jackson, what are you into this week, buddy boy? Well, Carter, just like uh, everyone was at, at the time of this recording yesterday, um, I was. My eyes were glued to uh, cable for. for the first time in a while just because of uh what's going on in dc you know uh i haven't we haven't really been watching a bunch of other stuff but uh i sure as heck was watching the news for like six hours yesterday so that was pretty entertaining not to be confused with dc comics this no, was unfortunately DC, unfortunately this was dc the place and yeah boy, was yesterday something for those who don't know there was a uh trump rally in the morning and basically not to get too political on the show but like donald trump inspired an insurrection at the <laughs> dc uh capital like the state capital um so that's awesome you know at this point i wouldn't even call it getting political i would just call it being a good person <laughs> so there's uh yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, the last thing I read was that like four people had died like in the protest, and like a yeah. um, hundred. Did you say something about like a, like a bunch of people were like injured and stuff? Lots of injuries. Uh, and then I saw something like Marvel. sixty arrests or something at the time of me reading the last update. There may there I'm sure there's more, but yeah. uh, yeah, you know, it's it's certainly something, and it appears 
turns out when the clock struck midnight on 2020 on January 1st, turns out not everything went back to normal. Nope. <laughs> so that's tough. We're still muddling through. Um, this podcast does not condone domestic terrorism. Hot nope. take. <laughs> that's so, true. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, we, uh, and it's also just, just to get a little political, because why not? Yeah, it why is not? interesting to note how uh, different the response was from the police when a right wing, mostly white group uh, literally committed a terrorist act uh, yeah. versus uh, literally a terrorist attack. By the way, they found uh, like IEDs. They like one person had um, like like zip ties and stuff with like the intent to like take hostages of like Congress yeah. members or whatever. Like, uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, quite the contrast to it's see. Very yeah. To see like the BLM movements when they tear gassed people and made arrests. And then yesterday there were literal riot guards walking people down the stairs holding or like them. opening up the like barricades to let them in i don't know what's going on it's insane. quite literally we um, are truly living in uh the 13th month of 2020 i will say it really is december 37th <laughs> really reared its ugly head yesterday yeah. so but what's so we yeah we just want to say uh you know we don't condone that but we also support other protests that are actually like justifiable such as like protesting for black lives and like against like police brutality and stuff like that like we we yes. don't we don't stand for uh some whiny babies mad because their uh orange dude lost the election and he can't cope with it so moving yeah. on from that carter <laughs> Great this is a star wars podcast everybody <laughs> um with th with that carter what are you into this week uh jackson what am i into this week um more low stakes than uh the death of our country and its mm -hmm. democracy i watched a film with my friend matt holt shout out shout out uh, he and I got to go while I was still in town in Bloomington to the movie theater real quick. And I saw promising young woman, which I believe we talked about a couple podcasts ago. Tell us about um, it, Carter. Yeah. Um, this is a film by Emerald uh, Fennell. And if you're a killing Eve fan, which I have not seen, but I know people like it. She directed and wrote a couple of those episodes. And this movie is about, a young woman who is haunted by a tragedy in her past and she takes revenge on predatory men unlucky enough to cross her path. And I got to say it was very entertaining. Um, it's Carrie Mulligan mm -hmm. and she is excellent. And also Bo Burnham is in this Bo film. Burnham. Really? And he is cooking. He is outstandingly charming good and really it's good great. for the role that he's in and and yeah it's like a very frustratingly haunting narrative and it's like very i would say prescient for again for the times mm -hmm. um it gets a little wacky but i think the performances really cement you back into the vibe that the okay. story is telling um and it's great um the score is fun too it's like all these pop songs turned on their head there's like this really cool string version of toxic that happens okay. by Britney Spears. It was super cool, super fun vibes. Cool, um, sounds fun. I'm gonna, yeah, and I'm gonna call a uh, Carrie Mulligan Oscar nom for it. Wow. Calling it now, calling it now, world. What's the genre of the movie? 
Uh, it's kind of a it's suspenseful, but it's also like a little bit of a rom com at times too. Interesting. It's a nice blend. Okay, so it's like a okay, interesting. So it's not like a thriller, but maybe a thriller kind of. Yeah, it's a it's a dulled down thriller. I wouldn't okay. necessarily give it the thriller tag. Okay, I'd say so it's more of a suspense. And there's also like this mystery kind of interwoven uh-huh. the whole time as well. So okay. it's a good blend of genre. Cool. But really the performances is what is So what so there is a chance is what you're saying, since it's not thriller or horror, there is a chance of Oscar nominations after all. Yes. Cool. <laughs> That's what I wanted to make sure. <laughs> yes. The fact that it's not a comedy also helps it tremendously. Yeah. There's funny parts. Like Bo Burnham is, he's great. He's rocking. He really movie. is great. I I he's can't wait for him movie. to just like really break out into Hollywood. His his uh, eighth grade movie that he directed was insanely good. Um, yeah, and it's good to he's see great. that that he's doing some acting stuff too because he is incredibly talented. So yeah, shout shouts out to Bo Burnham. <laughs> shouts to Carrie Mulligan. Mm-hmm. And yeah, good stuff. Hey, good we stuff. Jackson, what is our next topic, sir? This brings us into our next topic, which we are going to call Newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. You think you're too cool for school, but I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. You aren't. And with that, Carter, do you want me to start off our first little uh, piece of news? Take it away, Jesus. Okay, well, this doesn't have an official... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this doesn't have an official uh, name. Like, a, there's not an official headline, but it's just some grievance that I wanted to throw out and throw out into the air. Love it. Um, as many know, uh, the Office TV show has left Netflix and has joined. Uh, it, it, it has joined the streaming service Peacock, which was uh, NBC's streaming service that's like free, but not. But there's ads, <laughs> but sometimes there's not. Um, Correct. Yeah, like the, it's weird. Um, but I wanted to <laughs> read to you. I'm very frustrated. I love The Office. It's like I watch it all the time. Yeah. That being yeah. said, with the uh, Peacock plan, I wanted to run through uh, the little price points for you and how they're basically basing their entire their entire subscription model around mm-hmm. The Office, which I find very weird. Yeah. Um, like very weird. Um, (laughs) so basically, uh, the free version, which is like, there's ads and, but you get like all the stuff, but you only get the first two seasons of the office with it, Mm -hmm. which is seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Literally the worst, (laughs) arguably the worst two seasons. Yeah. I'm sure people would say it's better than the last two, but that's interesting. So that's for free with ads. Uh-huh. You can watch the first two seasons of The Office plus everything else they have, which I'm sure is fine and dandy. Like NBC has some good shows. But then like the next one is $4.99 a month, which is everything they have, like like all the office and extras and stuff. Uh-huh. So like so it's like every season of The Office for $4.99 a month plus like like the documentary that they did, like the recap thing and like some deleted scenes, which is cool to include like the deleted scenes and stuff. Right. But there's also still ads on that. So if you want the premium office without any ads, you have to pay $10 a month on the Peacock channel, which I just think is uh, really interesting. So are the tiers, because I have, so there's premium or there's, there's Peacock, right? There's just Peacock. Yep. And then there's Peacock premium. That's the four ninety nine a month. Yeah, I think that's the one I have because it's it's free through Xfinity. 
Yeah. Which is, well, I'm an Xfinity Comcast subscriber. And then there's, what's the third one? Peacock Premium Pro? Plus. Plus. It's Peacock Premium Plus, which is Goodness. just a, a mouthful of words um, for $10 a month. I don't know. I just think it's really funny and was worth bringing up because I don't think I've ever seen a subscription model based purely off of one show and like breaking it up in between uh, the different uh, versions of it. I don't know. I think it's very interesting. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it's very interesting. It's not even like you can't even compare it to like when we get to it, like Mandalorian, which is like the only thing Disney Plus had going for it in terms of content, like original Original content, content. I guess. Yeah. And I guess the office isn't Peacock original content, but it's it's very telling because I think people were just getting Disney Plus at first because everyone was like, wow, a new Star Wars TV show. Um, yeah, like imagine if there was a paywall within the within the show, like within the uh, streaming service to watch Mandalorian. Like, I don't know if people would yeah, do it. Like, I certainly wouldn't. I would find I don't know. a pirated version of Mandalorian somewhere before I would try to pay for that. It's very interesting to me. Yeah, I it is it is kind of crazy. I think that's just that's the power of the Office too, because that's I even though like you and I really won't like <laughs> subscribe to that yeah. type of. Uh, level of subscription but i know people definitely will because there are definitely people out there who like live and die and breathe by the office and if Uh, you're one of those people let me tell you one thing it's going to be cheaper to buy them digitally or buy them on dvd just do that own it instead of going through the streaming service if you really care about the office that much uh yeah because i don't know i just don't like this personally (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely stupid, and I would definitely be like, I am not going to Premium Plus, whatever the heck that is. I don't mind the ads when they happen currently, but I also am not – I haven't been watching Peacock a whole lot anyway. How frequently are the ads? They're like every every usual commercial break that you find in like TV shows. It happens there, and they're not long, that long, and they're like maybe 50 seconds or something. Okay, but, so it doesn't make it doesn't make an episode like a full thirty minutes. No, but, no, no, no. Okay. But it still it still breaks it up. But then when you watch movies on the service, mm-hmm. there are some that it just it gives you like hundred and twenty seconds of ads at the very beginning and then you can watch the whole thing. That's not or, terrible actually. So that's not bad. You can like start your movie and then go make some popcorn or something. But nice. But yeah. Yeah, it's a strange Peacock is a is a strange golden goose out there right now. It'll be a uh I don't think it'll be just like Quibi, but I feel like it'll uh, oh, no. <laughs> have the same kind of lifespan. I, I just can't imagine this. Like NBC does have a lot of shows and yeah. they have like the universal stuff, but like just their current model, I don't think it's like appealing to people. I don't know. It'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah, And I think they can make more money like licensing the office to another streaming service. I could be wrong, but uh, you never know. I'm sure Netflix would love to buy it back at some point. Oh yeah, their Netflix is going to be struggling in terms of TV shows and stuff. I think because the office yeah, it was, was the most it was, thing, wasn't it? It was their number one that and Friends, and now they don't have either of them. So yeah, so there's going to maybe be maybe HBO Max a, will buy it. That could be interesting. Sure, I mean HBO Max is is hot and heavy right now. They're uh-huh. things so, yeah. <laughs> fresh off of the success of Wonder Woman 1984. You know they're rolling mm. in the dough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jackson, can this be a perfect segue into my news story? Oh, let's do it. This is perfect, speaking of HBO Max, because on January 14th, which is next week, um, a movie is premiering on HBO Max called Locked Down. Okay. 
have you heard of anything about this before I describe what it is? I don't think I have. What is it? So it's a movie starring Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor, which is my okay. favorite name in Hollywood. It's a great name. And this is literally a movie about a relationship that soured during the early days of COVID-19. No. Yeah. Um, So it's about this couple who like they have frustrations on work and family Zoom calls. And then (laughs) somehow in the description, it says fate has it that the pair are in the position to steal $4 million diamond from a luxury retailer, turning their domestic strife into a major moral and ethical dilemma. What? That sounds yeah, that, really weird. Did that Those are huge stars. Sense? Yeah, I know. Those, <laughs> Those are, are really nominated stars. Um, yeah. And I, my question, I guess, Jackson, is just, is this, is it too soon and like too meta for a COVID-19 themed movie that like has yeah. that as the major like framing of the story? So this isn't the first trailer we've seen about a COVID movie. There was like right. some Michael Bay trailer with like uh, the dude from like Riverdale or something. And it's like kind of in the future. And it's like COVID 39 or something like that. Like something stupid like that. But it's like an action movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is the first one I think I've seen like set within COVID like currently. That's interesting. Actually, no, I'm going to say this. I do not want to see a single movie or TV show like talk about COVID more than like a joke just because yeah. like while, while it's like a huge impact, like it is a huge impact. But for me, I guess I would just prefer if like in the universe of movies and TVs, like COVID did not happen. We can just move past it. Like who, like let's just not like, there's not that many interesting things you can do yeah. uh, with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Unless maybe you're like doing a drama about like the nurses or ER staff or something like that. Even then yeah. I wouldn't watch it, but, uh, I but just, shout out to our like health officials and everything like that. You're amazing. But yeah, uh, I just want to be done with COVID once it's over. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. that's just... I, and I think that's the main takeaway. Like, even if you are going to make a movie that f- is framed around COVID, like yeah. it just seems too self-referential and too soon right now. Like if you like if someone made a Donald Trump movie right now, like I would which not they're doing which they're doing, but <laughs> I wouldn't want to watch that like right now because I just have too much of it in my life right now. Yeah. Like it's give people Trump time to breathe. Does. It's a James oh. Comey show series. Yeah, the Comey rule. Yeah. And sure. uh, uh, is it Dom Hall or is that his the son? Brendan. Uh, Brendan. Brendan yeah. Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson. Uh, yeah. Is playing Donald Trump, and he looks absolutely ridiculous in it. Um, but it's yeah. kind of accurate. But it's insane. <laughs> yeah, I'm of the I'm of the same opinion as you. Like, I don't need any more COVID in my life than I've already experienced yeah. for the past nine, ten, eleven months. So yeah, exactly. That being said, also every time I watch a movie or TV show now, and they do anything in public, I'm like, where are the masks? You guys are making me uncomfortable. <laughs> I know this is not safe. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. I don't know what people, other people think about watching COVID movies, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to check it out because I check mm-hmm. out everything, LOL, but I don't know how I feel about it. We'll see how it is. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. News. News. Them's the news, people. And now, before we dive into our talk about Mando and Star Wars trivia, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Sponsor. 
Okay, we're back. Wow, what a good sponsor. I know. We love Anchor. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, let's move into our segment. Let's talk. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk. What do you want to talk about? So, Jackson. Mm-hmm. We're here. And we're a little, a little maybe late to the party on the Mando talk, but we are. We wanted to marinate on it, and we had some other more pressing things we had to take care of. We did a um, lot of stuff happened in December, and we couldn't yeah. cover it all immediately, unfortunately. Yeah, but now we're here to really talk Mando, Man- the Mandalorian, Mandalorian season two on <laughs> Disney Plus because it wrapped up what two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yes, three maybe. Sure. I think December 18th was the last episode. Nice. So. That seems like forever. That feels like forever ago. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're just here to talk about it, breeze through it, talk about the episodes and what we liked. And yeah, I think that's that's the goal. Give our here thoughts. Today. Yeah. Give our thoughts. Um, first of all, Jackson, how did you like season two? I, so again, I, I should preface with, I am not uh anything more than like a casual star wars fan like maybe like because i'm like more nerdy than usual i'm in it more than like i'm into it more than like the average person i guess but i am by no means like a hardcore star wars fan like everyone else seems to be um which more power to him like if you if you find your thing go for it uh no judgments here but i am not uh the expert on star wars so as as a casual fan I love this season. I thought especially it was way more interesting than the first season. Like I really feel like they stepped up in scale and in universe. Um, and it was great. I loved it. What did you think, yeah. Carter? I would I would agree. Um, obviously, I like to consider myself a, a pretty big Star Wars fan. Like, mm-hmm. but I have the wherewithal to know like when I see a bad product come from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, it's like I'm not too lost in the sauce, but. I will say that like the Mar- this just feels like the marvelization to coin that term of Star uh-huh. Wars currently is like just a genius move because I think what Star Wars originally was like if you look at Star Wars in the 70s yeah like movies that were coming out were like these serious dramas mm-hmm. or all the- all this stuff that was like really hardcore cinema in like the 70s trying to say something more and Star Wars was just like we're in space with swords and it's dope and yeah. it was just pop culture entertainment and everyone was talking about it and then i think fandom just like really toiled on a bunch of baggage for star wars yeah um and now watching mandalorian first of all disney is so smart to have realized that after their trilogy that tv shows are a much more efficient and effective way to they're tell they're definitely the future like yeah i can't I don't want anything other than TV shows for a while now. Like, yeah. And it's so, cause like the genius part of the show of Mandalorian is they have these two characters that the whole thing is based on Mando and the child or spoiler mm-hmm. alert, Grogu. And, um, and the whole show is just catalyzed by that relationship. And they don't play into the fact that we're going to bring in all these characters to be like, wow, it's Han Solo or something like that. Yeah. They have those moments, obviously, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, when they bring characters in like Boba Fett and Ahsoka Mm -hmm. and Luke Skywalker also. Yeah. Like 
those characters are tertiary characters and they just come in to kind of propel the story forward for the main characters. And I think that's the genius of season two and the marvelization back to it is they have created this shared universe and now mm-hmm. Ahsoka's getting her own show and Boba Fett's yeah. getting his own show. And we don't have to be bogged down by the baggage that those characters have in the show itself. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. They made they made I mean, we'll talk about this later too. They made Boba Fett like as a casual Star Wars fan, the like fetishization of Boba Fett has always really annoyed me because like I've seen all the movies and I never once thought Boba Fett was like this really cool character. Yeah. Like in the movies he is really lame and does nothing, but in this show, he is actually like pretty redeemable as like far as like being cool and stuff. So I thought he was yeah. pretty sick in this show. And that's like the thing with Boba Fett is like, yeah, he is like only cool to people who like really are hardcore into it and have read like the books. Yeah. And like all these different theories and stuff about what how much of a badass he actually was. But if yeah, you watch the movies, movie. it's just like, oh, he falls into the Sarlacc pit and he died. Neat. It's definitely I feel like this show and like the other shows will be a great way to ex- like to bring the extended lore to the casual fan. Like yeah. I, and like I feel like these shows are just the perfect way to branch out to like the casual audience as well as cater to those hardcore fans as well. Like it's it's like the perfect mix where I feel like maybe like the newest trilogy was maybe just to cater to new fans versus like the right. I don't know. I feel like the hardcore fans kind of hated this new trilogy. Um, which I think yeah. there's some fair complaints and stuff and, crit- and critiques, but uh, I feel like these shows, like everyone's loving the Mandalorian I, I, as far as what I've seen. So, yeah, I haven't seen anything about it that people have like hated on or anything. So yeah, props to John Favreau and Dave Filoni for creating mm-hmm. this awesome show. But yeah, should we just dive into the episodes now, Jackson? Yeah, we can just, how many episodes are there? There's eight episodes, and I figured we'd just go chronologically and talk about each one. Maybe if it happens to be our favorite, we bring it up then and, like, say why. Um, yeah. And, yeah, we'll just, we'll just go through all of them. So, yeah. Into that. So, yeah, we will start. Yeah, with... let's start with uh, Chapter 9, which is Season 2, Episode 1, but, like, the Episode 9 overall. Chapter mm-hmm. 9, The Marshal. Um, Carter... Do you want to, should we, I guess, should we summarize this first or should we uh, just talk about uh, it? I guess just to, we could just set up what happens in it. I guess yeah. we don't have to talk through the whole thing, but basically what happens is Mando is tasked with returning the child to its people, the Jedi that was established at the end of season one, but on his way, he wanders upon like this village and is he on Tatooine? I don't even, is I think it, yeah, it's in Tatooine. Huh? Um, and there he like, that's where he has learned, like, there's another Mandalorian there that can maybe help him and point him in the right direction. And then it turns out it's just this like town sheriff in Boba Fett armor and they have to defeat a giant sandworm. Shout out to Cobb Vanth. That's his name. And he's played Mm -hmm. by, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Timothy Oliphant. Timothy. I wanted to say Chalamet. I was like, I know that's absolutely wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Timothy Oliphant. And yeah, so and I love there's so too many Timothys in the world. Um, but but yeah, this is the first episode, and I think this sets up well the theme of Mandalorian in general is that each episode, like there's a storyline throughout the whole season, but like each little episode is like a bottle episode almost. Yeah, it's like a side mission in a video game yeah. almost. Oh, absolutely. Like, the Mandalorian yeah. would transition so well into a video game, like it would be so great, actually. Yeah. It's awesome. And each little episode is like a little vignette. And like, this is like the Western of the, 
of this yeah. season. And it's so, so cool. So I wanted to comment. So I should start off by saying like, this is my favorite episode of the season nice. just be- for a lot of reasons. Like, but like one of them being like, it is the classic Western and like season one of the Mandalorian was definitely more Western. And mm. I feel like this episode was like the most Western uh, like feeling we've gotten. Yeah. Uh, and then also it kind of like severs the ties with like the Western genre at the same time, because after that we kind of move on to like bigger star Wars type, things and i feel like this was like the final homage to like the current like state of like the western star wars show kind of which i loved i thought it was great yeah i would i would definitely agree like all the interactions they do with like the tuscan raiders on tatooine it's like you can kind of tell like the the cowboy native american Mm -hmm. type deal there the the themes there for sure and and it's just and the sandworm stuff is just so cool. Like it's so insane. The stuff they do with like the the aspect ratio on on it because like like when the sandworm like appears like in like the the bars on the screen literally like open yeah. up to show the monster. It's like crazy. Yeah, it's very like, all cool. Also, I will say before we move on, uh they had a deaf actor play one of the Tuscan Raiders and because oh. of that they created a fake sign language for the Tuscan Raiders, wow. because one of the like the character, the Tuscan Raider, uh, within the show was also deaf, which I thought was super cool of them. Wow, that's so cool! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun neat. little tidbit for you. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I guess that's this episode, and then Boba yeah. Fett shows up at the end, and mm-hmm. and he's to come later on. But it's awesome. But yeah, it's a great episode and a great start to the season. Mm-hmm. We love it. Should we move on to episode two, Jackson? Yeah, let's do it. Episode two, chapter 10, The Passenger. And would you like to describe this episode kind of, Jackson? Or Yeah, um, basically, and this is probably like one of my more heavily critiqued episodes. Um, sure. This is kind of an episode where like, and, and like season one kind of had this problem a little bit where there's too many side quests. And this is an example of like too many side quests kind of, yeah. where basically like they... Uh, he has to get, uh, transport this passenger uh, in exchange for information of where uh, the Mandalorians are on this other planet that they're traveling to. Um, they can't use light speed because the person that is traveling with them is like a frog woman and she has her eggs that are like waiting to be like hatched, hatched with her yeah. husband. Basically it's like, yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, and basically they get like stranded. Yeah. They get stranded on the ice planet uh and there's this whole bit where like these scary like arctic spider things uh attack and it's like pretty scary but yeah yeah i was what did you think about this this episode i would agree like it's not one of my favorites i mean i like that little little grogu is like eating the eggs it's a funny bit. yeah it is um, funny and, and then twitter was like is grogu evil he's eating children um but I like, I do like that again. It's like, this is like the alien of this season. Like, literally, all the spot, like, it's literally like aliens hatching out of eggs, like yeah. in a Ridley Scott movie. And it's like uh-huh. a direct homage to it that. It was and scary. It was spooky. That part was really cool. Um, but I mean, it's just a fine episode. It's, it's really cool. I, it doesn't stick out in any, it's yeah. X Wing stuff is cool too. That X Wing fighters are cool. Um, I should also point out, um, he's not eating children, he's eating unfertilized eggs that have yet to be fertilized. So I there think technically, go. 
it's somewhat on it's it's definitely unethical but he's not a he's not a baby killer. <laughs> don't worry he's not a, he's not a baby eater <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah this one uh yeah this episode was fun um yeah i liked it i liked it Enough. i don't hate any of these episodes by the way i think they're all great. yeah peyton um, reed directed it um which is interesting because he does the ant-man movies and while i love ant-man like peyton reed to me has like a zero flavor like if he was a if he was a food he would just be like an unseasoned chicken breast or something <laughs> like that like he's just like kind of boring but this episode was like better than what i would expect from him honestly um yeah <laughs> as, like, we should say are... john favreau directed the first episode yeah yeah, yeah. i should point that out but but yeah 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 the passenger it's good. If you like it's Alien, good. you'll like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter 11, episode 3. Uh, the heiress. Ooh. Um, this one is weird and like the one I forget about most. Because it's kind of... Oh, just really? What, yeah. Um, this is the Bryce Dallas Howard directed one. Yes, um, which I, I was very surprised by. I didn't know she did directing like at all, actually. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah, good um, for her. It was great. But yeah, this is the uh, this is where the the frog lady reunites with her husband, and then they and then Mando discovers these other Mandalorians on the planet, mm-hmm. and they have to like what do they have to do? They like have to try and steal something from Moff Gideon's ship. That's like the whole goal of this episode. The Mandalorians yeah. want to get a secret weapon that we don't know what it is, but it turns out it's that dark sword thing is what she yeah. wants. Um, this one's fun. Um, it's not one I like return to all the time, but again, oh, really? it's, it's not, um, I don't know. It's very, it's very cool. It's fun at the end. They're like, go find a Tano. At the end so, of the episode. so what I liked about this one is like, uh the town that like the planet that they land on is like this really cool like fishing port type area oh yeah and uh it just feels like a really interesting lived-in area that we haven't seen in star wars before like as silly as it sounds um which felt really refreshing it felt really cool to look at um yeah i don't know i thought it was cool also um this is where we're introduced to the idea of like i mean like if you've seen other stuff then i'm sure you know about it but like me as a casual fan i realized that there was like different types of mandalorian and that uh mando yeah. like our 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 uh, mandalorian is part of a like religious like like they're like kind of like an outcast group who like takes it really seriously and like they always yeah. wear their armor versus the other ones who uh kind of take it off whenever which i thought yeah. was kind of fascinating yeah and it was cool because bo katan is a character in like the clone wars yeah and so again part of the fun of the season was seeing like Clone Wars characters, like in live action form. Mm-hmm. So that was super cool to see Bo-Katan. And... The casting was really good. Who plays her? It's not Bryce Dallas Howard, is it? No, <laughs> it's just because she's a redhead. <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe it's her now. I don't know. Um, I will attempt to look it up. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the biggest deal, but uh, yeah, Bo-Katan is really interesting. Um, and so is uh yeah so is so is Ahsoka which we'll get into in a second but yeah I thought yeah. I thought this episode was uh better than the last one and like definitely added more uh stakes and like challenged the Mandalorian's like uh beliefs as far as like his his like religious like cultural like beliefs and stuff like that which I thought was cool um yeah it was fun that's true it was good stuff I think it's Katie Sackoff oh okay um 
She looks Unless, exactly like the character. Like, exactly. Yeah, she did the voice for uh, the character in The Mandalorian, I'm pretty sure. Oh, cool. Or not The Mandalorian, in Clone Wars. In so, Clone Wars? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I think that's nice. I might be totally wrong on that, but if I am, you if know, so, let me know. stay mad. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> stay mad, baby. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's episode three. Another fine, another fine episode. Mm-hmm uh episode four chapter 12 the siege the siege directed yes. by carl weathers which is yes. awesome um this carl one's weathers. like this one is kind of a forgettable one to me like from what i remember sure. it's uh cara dune and uh grief carga is that his name grief yeah. Karga? Yeah. Weathers, yeah um they him and mando and this other dude they go to this imperial base and they just like destroy it uh but they find out like th- that's where the laboratory is that like ha- like has uh grogu's blood which has which they reintroduce the midichlorian count which i thought was kind of interesting um but yeah i didn't think there was anything like too intense it was kind of like a like a car chase at the end sort of which was fun um but yeah. other than that like i don't really i didn't think this was too memorable but i don't think that's like carl weathers fault or anything like that it's just kind of one of those middle no. of the season episodes I do like like the Carl Weathers like the chase stuff at the end was cool to watch yeah. the chase sequence. Um, we should I should mention that that other guy that's with them is played by Horatio Sands of uh, Oh really? Time. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> if anyone wanted, it. but um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, again, it's a fun episode. Like the the last half of the episode is really exciting. Yeah, you learn about the blood and stuff, and like how they're maybe man manufacturing some weird things going on with the sith and the uh-huh. empire and stuff but yeah uh it's just fun i like it too it's good stuff yeah moff gideon that that traitor um <laughs> all right uh anything else on that or i don't think so flying through beautiful um let's move into my favorite episode of the season uh Episode five, chapter 13, the Jedi. This was up there for me too. This is like maybe tied with the first one. Um, it's just way different than like what the Mandalorian normally yeah. is, but it's great. Yeah. So what happens in this one is Mando and the child who we're about to learn is Grogu in this episode. Uh huh. They land on this planet and they find like this village and the population is like living under fear of this like magistrate type of character yeah. there and this like mercenaries holding the city and Ahsoka Tano just happens to be there and is trying to infiltrate the city and take the, uh, there's like a spear that she has a Vestar yeah. spear. Yeah. Um, and then this is also when we learn about Grogu and that that is his name and like his backstory and and Ahsoka is Rosario Dawson, I should say. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. She's awesome. amazing. She's absolutely amazing in this show. Yeah. To see like Ahsoka in real life form is probably why I return to this episode so much because uh-huh. like visually, this is a Dave Filoni directed one. Visually, like it's a stunning episode. The yeah. cinematography of the episode, the like the fog, the sun, there's like a set, there's like there's a scene with like the moon behind uh-huh. them and then like ahsoka and grogu are like talking together and it's like the closest this is like the samurai episode this is like the yeah. closest like 
to get to like the actual influences of Star Wars in the first mm-hmm. place, like Kurosawa. Like this was just like this is was me nerding out to the max, just like film history. Carter was mm-hmm. nerding out for this episode. I thought it was really cool the the sword fights and all that stuff. Yeah, I thought I thought this one was insane. Uh, I thought it was cool that like we saw like a Mandalor like uh Mando versus Ahsoka like in the woods for a second. Like yeah. and then her her reveal is so cool too. Like with like as someone who like again is a casual fan, like she's got like these two lightsabers and like she like uses them like at the same time. I don't know. I think it's really cool. I think it's it's one of those things where you see like uh oh what's the guy's name? Uh darth maul with his like double lightsaber it's like oh that's oh, wow. sick and then you see someone w- wielding two you're like oh that's cool too like everything's great about it um yeah. and she again she looks like I, i've seen like i knew who her character was and i'd seen like photos of her and stuff and i was like how are they going to translate this to look good like how how is this character going to come to the big screen and look like normal enough yeah. to be like a main figure on on the screen at like one point and they killed it like she looks great the acting was amazing. Yeah. Um, it was a good time. I, and I totally get where you're coming from with like the samurai, like uh, inspiration and stuff like that. And it, it yeah. it's definitely there. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. We love it. Um, we love it. And then at, at the end, Ahsoka tells them that they need to go to like this old Jedi temple mm-hmm. to find out if Grogu is actually ready to become, be trained and all this jazz. Yeah. Which leads us into episode six, chapter 14. The tragedy. The tragedy. Um, so basically this episode is, uh, well, first of all, it's directed by Robert Rodriguez, who yeah. uh, did like the Spy Kids movies, right? Like that's that guy. Yeah, right? he did. Yeah. He did do the Spy Kids movies. Um, interesting guy. But basically uh, in this episode, they take Grogu to the temple and like he meditates and like a sick like beam of energy is made i don't know he's going all out no, that, that's the that's perfect way to describe it yeah Sick yeah it's like movie. it's really cool um but uh yeah then Be- boba fett shows up uh with uh phoenix shand who i think is her name who was uh we saw in season one who uh the, the mandalorian left to like die basically but like boba fett saved her and then like they've been buddies ever since mm-hmm. um but basically like they like uh Jing- or not jingo boba boba fett recognizes the armor uh, that the mandalorian has and like wants his armor back and like basically uh he agrees to give him the armor in exchange for grogu like being safe and he like agrees and i guess apparently boba fett is like a man of honor despite working with the empire i don't know uh personally yeah. <laughs> about all that stuff but apparently he's like a super honorable dude not a bad guy i guess i don't know sure. um <laughs> and then we get like a big like stormtroopers versus boba fett and mando and fennec and it's pretty sick um that being said it feels very fan film like the way it's shot i don't know sure like yeah. do, do you agree with that with that statement maybe not like i thought it was cool but like at the yeah, same I... time it felt like it didn't have like it almost felt like they left like color correcting on like the uh like they just forgot to do that in the editing bay and it felt a little weird to me yeah it has like it has like stormtroopers like being the worst version possible version of stormtroopers like these stormtroopers like actually suck at what they yeah um (laughs) um, it is but like like what you said the sick beam of light is probably the coolest part of the episode it does look cool Um, that and uh also i'm pretty sure 
this is where Mandal- the Mandalorian ship explodes, right? Yeah, stakes. Yeah, which was awesome. It, lo- it, it looked great. Oh, and yeah. this is our first introduction to dark troopers who kidnap Grogu. Um, yeah, and, and dark, like, troopers are all, dark troopers and, are a whole big thing in canon. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like the worst of the worst. Yeah, oh, they're okay. like robots who look like stormtroopers, but are like cool. They, yeah. I don't know. It's pretty cool. They look pretty sick. Yeah. And as a, like a as a big Star Wars fan, it is cool to just see like that they're now all on Slave One now, which is uh, Boba Fett's ship. That like yeah. that's how they travel now. That's cool to see. The ship is awesome too. Yeah, it's 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 pretty great. So yeah, I'm glad to see it's still kicking. Yeah. So yeah, um, that was Chapter 14, the tragedy, and uh, that brings us into Chapter 15, the Believer. Yes, this is uh the smash mouth one uh where they sing i'm a believer at the end and, uh, <laughs> that's exactly what happens yeah yeah uh this is this episode is directed by rick famuyiwa if i'm pronouncing that correct all i know is he directed dope oh no um, way I, again i love dope that brings yeah. us back to, i talk about that movie a lot in here that's yeah. a great movie that's all i know about him it's but good. um this is the episode this is the return of uh bill burr's character um which i like i have to say this is probably my third favorite episode of the season um i think that's i think that's totally fair i would probably agree with you actually this is just like they need to go and find someone who was once in the empire so they can infiltrate a base so they can find out how to find moff gideon like where how to how to find him yeah so they break into this base and there's this really cool it's like speed they like if they drive too fast or they rumble too much. It's, it's yeah. like speed or like wages of fear. Like the, the stakes like the, are awesome, actually. Yeah, like the truck will blow up that they're just being disguised in to try and get in the base, and then they get like almost robbed and boarded by pirates, mm-hmm. which and are then, like which again expands the universe more because it's like, oh, these are just people who are victims of their oppressors, and like you yeah. totally agree with them, and obviously like mando does agree with him but they have to infiltrate and pretend that they're the bad guys so they have to like beat these dudes up and prevent them from from killing all of them and stuff it's pretty yeah and it's it's, pretty great it's so cool and bill burr's character is awesome space boston (laughs) space boston and like all the stuff when they actually get in the compound Mm -hmm. like first of all they're saved by the empire yeah which is like a it's a cool like little just like turn on its head yeah um but they get in there and then like you hear all of like Bill Burr's backstory and like mm-hmm. about wars and like how he was a veteran. Like, yeah, the idea of like being a veteran, like, I don't know if that's ever really been truly covered. No, I don't think Star so. Wars, but like, he's like a disgruntled, like Vietnam veteran almost. Yeah. Um, all that's really cool. And then they get out, they get the things they need and then they let uh, Bill Burr go, which is, which is cool. And I would not mind a Bill Burr show in space. <laughs> that would be interesting for sure. I feel, yeah, that, that actually wouldn't be too bad. As far as like some of the characters we've seen, I, I at least like it may be like a short film or something. That could be kind of cool. <laughs> it's like a one-off. Doing, like, stand up at the cantina or something. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but also one thing that I thought was really cool is uh, again, the stakes of him taking off his helmet. Uh, yeah, uh, well, not only that, but he changes out of his uh, his best car armor and he's wearing like just like a stormtroopers like uniform, basically, um, yeah. which happens with like every protagonist in a Star Wars movie, it seems. Um, 
but uh it's it's and also at the very end where they need like a face scan for him to get into the uh like computer system he has to take his helmet off there too and it's it's just really interesting uh and it's good because like what's awesome about pedro pascal is that like he's not one of those guys who's like demanding that his face is on screen every time and he like actually like honors Mm -hmm. and cares about the lore of this character and stuff and so we barely see him outside of the armor um and and it makes those moments where he's outside of it even more impactful which i think is great and a great use of it so it's powerful yeah i like it a lot but yeah and then uh that transitions us into the finale and the final episode Chapter 16, The Rescue. The Rescue. Wow. This episode is intense. And and I'll preface this too. um, Before I watched it, somebody texted me and was like, have you seen the episode yet? And I was like, no, not yet. They're like, it's insane. Like I I literally cried. And I was like, oh, I wish you wouldn't have said that because now I have like these all these (laughs) preconceived notions going into it. Yeah. And the reason why for a sec, like i'm not even joking the reason why i thought he cried is i was like does grogu die like did they kill <laughs> grogu and like i was so tense every time we saw the like black saber being like held to him i was like they're gonna kill him like that's terrible but then i was like wait yeah grogu's like their money maker they're not gonna kill grogu like that would be insane yeah you can't um, kill your toy but it was really messing with me um but yeah, so basically this episode is uh, Mando and his squad are like a t- are uh, infiltrating the base where Grogu is being held, um, or like the it's like a it's like a ship, but we haven't seen this in like the main movies before, right? It's like one of those smaller ships. It looks yeah. awesome. I guess it's in the Clone yeah. Wars and stuff. But uh, they're infiltrating that to get Grogu, um, and in doing so, like Boba Fett, like isn't in the final scene and stuff and he like flies off to like get everybody like to um attract like the other bad guys away from it and stuff like that yeah Um, it's great uh we see the what are they called again the dark troopers yeah and um and this time they're like really scary like i didn't think they were that big of a deal but they're a big deal in this Mm -hmm. Um, and it's insane and basically like they're awaiting their death in like this locked area of the ship for like all these like true these dark troopers to come in and kill them and then guess what carter what someone shows up in an x-wing and honestly i had i mean i'm sure people knew immediately it was luke skywalker when they saw the x-wing but i did not i was like who is it (laughs) like a little idiot (laughs) i was like who is this guy and then what's so funny because he was even he was in a robe which is like kind of his like signature look almost especially Uh like in the new trilogy and i was like oh i have no idea who it is and then we see like a black and white image of the lightsaber coming out and i was like oh it's white oh ahsoka's back (laughs) like i was like cool uh not the case it's luke skywalker and he's awesome he's slicing through him and uh it's pretty sick uh oh i should also say before that um bo katan is like oh cool or no bo katan's like pissed that mando has like beat moff gideon and like taking the saber because yes. like in her culture she has to like win it back by like yeah. killing him basically yeah, like combat, um, yeah which i which apparently i guess people fans have been saying that's not actually true um like i guess it like goes against some of the stuff that they've explained in clone wars and stuff like that and you can just like give it to someone or something i don't know how it works but i don't either that was interesting and i thought those stakes were really interesting for the finale but then luke skywalker showed up and like saved everyone which was cool 
which was really yeah. cool. But I will say, I think it taked away, it took away some of the weight of the episode by just having Luke show up and like kill everybody super easily. I don't know. How do I you do feel like, I do like the end when I do just, just like the, the back and forth between Grogu and Mando. At the yeah. End. Again, he takes off his helmet. Mm-hmm. yeah the goodbye was amazing the goodbye was very well done and just very cool to see like luke r2 and like in a way like yoda again yeah. just like all three together and like gosh it was so it was so cool and also like moff gideon like tries to kill himself yeah and they like, stop him it's pretty sick and, like i was like wow the stakes are really high uh-huh. um so i did like all of that and also that like because Boba Fett wasn't on the ship with them, right? Was <laughs> no, he wasn't. Otherwise, Luke and Boba would have like had a fight, which like, could have been really cool, dude? actually. Yeah. That could have been interesting. So, but then I guess this also it lends to, in the credits, then like Boba Fett returns to yeah. Jabba's palace and kills uh, Bib Fortuna mm-hmm. and like takes Jabba's place in Jabba's palace and mm-hmm. then spun off the Boba Fett series that we're going to get. So... Yeah, so I guess Yeah, so I guess like this episode is maybe like my fourth favorite. Um Yeah, I agree. I do love the Luke Skywalker moment and I especially love the tensions between Bo-Katan and like and uh Mando and and the final thing before Luke shows up, but I feel like Luke showing up just takes away all the agency in the episode almost. Yeah. It's sick and it's awesome and as a Star Wars even as a casual Star Wars fan, it felt really cool to see Luke slice through those guys. Yeah, um, but I feel like it just kind of interrupted the flow of what was going on. Um, I don't know. It was cool, but I, I don't know. How I you about it. Also, yeah. that being said, um, because I keep seeing um, the dude. Oh, what's the name of the guy who plays? Uh, oh, Sebastian Stan. So because I keep seeing Sebastian Stan being fan casted as Luke Skywalker so often, like so much, <laughs> like even Mark Hamill uh like brings it up and stuff i was like i was truly expecting to see sebastian stan as luke skywalker in this and i was really surprised and almost put off to see like the weird cgi uh mark hamill like dh stuff it just feels weird i don't think it's unethical i think it's unethical when the person's dead and they do it yes uh they weren't attached to the project like or agreed to be in the project or something like i feel like that's like messed up yeah. And they did use Luke's voice, but it just felt kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Um, they even didn't they didn't yeah. even have to show his face, I don't think. I don't think they had to show Luke's face. You could have heard no, his voice and they could have like reacted to him, but yeah. I don't know. It should have just been old old Mark Hamill. Just like, yeah, man. <laughs> it's been a rough couple of years. <laughs> that would be great. It was fun to see R2D2 again too. So Yeah, that was always kind of beep boop boop. Um yeah, that's Mandalorian, huh? Yeah, we did it. That's looking, that's Mando. Yeah. Looking forward to season three in twenty twenty two. Is that when it's coming? Yeah, out? we got to wait a year, but I, we might get some. We're gonna get a lot of more Star Wars stuff in between. I think though. So. Yeah. Do we know what shows are coming out this year that are connected uh, to it? No, Boba Fett's not coming for a while. I don't. I don't remember the Disney Plus production schedule when they announced yeah. all the stuff, but we might get something soon. They might be focusing because we're getting a lot of Marvel stuff this year. There might be a sprinkling of Star Wars somewhere in there, but yeah. I'm looking forward to the new content. This is yeah. a good good sign of things to come. I'm sad the child is gone, but I think we can progress the story now 
uh, a little bit better. And then still, I'm sure we'll get an episode where they're reunited or something like that. I don't yeah, know. It'll be, it'll be cute. It'll be great. Either way, either way we sold the toys. We accomplished what we Heck yeah. accomplish. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's our Mando segment. And now I think Jackson, we're going to toss it over to us in the past. Yes. As we, uh, as we, commence the star wars trivia with our buddies yeah Yeah. it's gonna be great uh again i can't thank enough uh our buddies who came on to do it we had a blast despite some technical uh difficulties i think it all worked out and carter again i gotta commend you for doing an amazing job editing these podcasts and especially uh, a five person one i know it's difficult and uh you're killing it dude i'm really uh i'm really lucky to have you as a co-host and it's just oh jackson oh I agree. <laughs> I am awesome. <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you and my being Thanks. my co-host. And and yeah, we're going to toss it over to them and then we'll be back to do List is Life and conclude. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to the very first Rough Cut Retrospective inaugural Star Wars Trivia Competition. Woo! I am the Senate. And I'm Carter. And I'm Jackson. <laughs> and today, Jackson and I have gathered three of the biggest Star Wars fans that we know That's on true. this earth. And they have knowledge that none of us could ever possess, even if we tried. And we are going to quickly introduce them, and then we will give them a minute to talk about their relationship with Star Wars. So, first, I will introduce our first contestant. Is that Yoda and Frank Oz, or just Jeff and his wife's hand? It's Jeff Brown! Hello there. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Brown here. <laughs> nice. Uh, our second contestant. Will somebody get this walking carpet out of my way? It's Davey Willen. Hey guys, glad to be here. And our third and final contestant. He completed the Kessel Run in 13 parsecs, missed it by that much. It's Alex Fry. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the top of our contestant list. We're going to start with good old Jeff. Jeff. Tell us a little about yourself and uh, your relationship with the uh, movies we call Star Wars. Yeah, um, I would say Star Wars is my favorite holiday special. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it goes way back to when I whispered in George Lucas's ear, hey, we should think about doing a holiday special. And I've just been in love with it ever since. It was you. It was your fault. Well, <laughs> Jeff, we're glad we're glad you're here celebrating Life Day with us, and thank you. Yes, our second contestant, Mr. Davey Willen, tell us a little about yourself, your relationship with the Wars and the Stars. Hey guys, I'm Davey. Um, been a Star Wars fan since um, like 2003, 2004. Uh, oh. Here's the time I first saw Star Wars. Um, my oldest sister. There was this guy who was really into her, nice. um, and she was in college when I was like seven. And so, to impress her, he decided to take me to the opening of Attack of the Clones with his college buddies, Whoa. just a night on the town with the boys, um, <laughs> um, which was weird, and it didn't work. <laughs> so, which was rip weird. to that guy. 
Um, and then in between that and then episode three, I fell in love. I um, with Star Wars, not with someone else. Um, and then I watched them all, and I like it. And I watch all the movies, read all the books, and it means uh, quite a lot to me. Awesome. And that man is is your uh, brother in law now, right? Um, in his heart. <laughs> in his heart. Beautiful. Thank you, Davy. And finally, Alex Fry, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with Star Wars. Yeah, so Star Wars is easily my favorite series of movies. Uh, I kind of base my personality around it. I make sure everyone knows that I am a Star Wars guy. And uh, Revenge of the Sith is the first movie that I remember seeing in theaters I went with my dad and my uncle nice. when I was seven years old. That's beautiful. And I don't even think I saw Revenge of the Sith in theaters. I think that's the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Oh. That's a good one. That, that's fun. All right. Well, thank you all for sharing your deepest and darkest secrets with us about Star Wars. And now I think we're ready to dive in, but... For the listeners, Jackson is going to quickly explain the rules of the trivia. So Jackson, if you'd like to take it away, that'd be dope. Yeah, so basically what we're doing is is classic Star Wars trivia. We're going to have five rounds, I believe, with a total of 24 questions. And we have some tiebreakers just in case. Um, and essentially, uh, every once the question is read, you will have 10 seconds to, to answer. Um, like after the 10 seconds, we'll, we'll read your answers. And, um, if you want, you can challenge and then we can like, you have one challenge so you can potentially steal a point if the, if our correct answer is somehow wrong or something like that. And, um, and you have two, uh, repeats, which will grant you like essentially 10 more seconds to answer the question if you need. And yeah, that's the rules. Indeed. And also for the listeners at home, if you think they're cheating, we have them on Zoom as well. So we're also looking at their scrawny mm-hmm. little faces. Yeah. They're cheaters. These weak men. Um, um, okay, Jeff, are you ready? Oh, born ready. Davy, are you ready? Star Wars quote. <laughs> and, and Fry, are you ready? Yes. Beautiful. Let's do it. Okay. Round one, everyone. Round one consists of three questions, and they all have to do with Star Wars creatures. So, question one. What species is the creature that Obi-Wan Kenobi rides on the planet of Utapau in Revenge of the Sith? How you doing, Carter? You doing great? Jackson, I wouldn't wouldn't know this. I, I, I know none of these, so... Look at them furiously writing. All right, three, two, one, time. All right, let's start with Jeff, your answer. I actually didn't know this one. <gasps> wow. Jackson, I we know. did it. We made a question they <laughs> I didn't know. know. I, yes. Yeah. All right. I know exactly uh, what it is, but. Yes. Uh, Davey, what is your answer? I don't know if the spelling is right, but he rides a varactyl. That is correct. And Fry, what did you write? Uh, nothing. Nice. 
Okay, Davey with an early lead. Jackson, I can't believe it that we've done this. I know we stumped two Star Wars fans. That's pretty big. That's I feel accomplished for the rest I do of them. Too. They'll, they'll get the rest right, probably. Yeah, incredible. All right, on to question number two, everyone in the world of Star Wars creatures. Who kills the Reek during the Battle of Geonosis in Attack of the Clones? See what I did there? It's a twist on the creature question. That is Jackson. good. I liked that. Five, four, three, two, one. Beautiful. Uh, let's start with uh, Davy this time. What did you put, Mr. Davy? I didn't remember, so I put Anakin. That is incorrect. incorrect. Uh, Fry, to you, sir. Uh, I didn't write anything down, but can I guess Obi-Wan? That is incorrect. incorrect. And Jeffrey? Django Fett. That is correct, sir. Django Fett. I couldn't remember which one the reek was. Exactly. See that twist it's, on our... It's, it's the bull one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff. Uh, on to our final question in the realm of Star Wars creatures. In Rogue One, what is the name of the creature used by Saw Gerrera for interrogations? Another question I, I would not know. I didn't know this one either. Five, four, three, two, one. And we'll start this time with Mr. Alex Fry. What do you got for us? I would have known if you hadn't asked me, but I can't remember. (laughs) That's so relatable. Yes. Uh, To Mr. Jeff, sir. Borgullet. That is correct. Great impression, too. Great impression. I didn't know Forrest Whitaker was here. And Davey. Borgullet. That is correct. Also, fun fact, I don't think that's next. I think that's his name, too. I think there are different boars. That is true. Thank you for showing your true colors uh all right that is uh the end of round one very quick very nice very neat um what is our score at the end of round one jackson jeff and davy are tied with two and fry has a goose egg but he will come back i am for sure we love it you keep doing you fry i will say i'll let the audience know since these are three of the biggest star wars fans i know we are uh we amped up the question difficulty. These are incredibly knew. difficult. <laughs> yeah, this is not your average bear. Um, so let's uh, dive in to round two. Uh, round two is consists of 10 questions, Jackson, or 11 questions? 12 questions. It's 12 questions. Thank you. One for each, one for each movie that has been in the franchise. Ooh. Yes. So these are just straight Star Wars movie facts for you. Mm-hmm. So we will go chronologically, mm-hmm. and we will begin with The Phantom Menace. In The Phantom Menace, what does Obi-Wan tell Qui-Gon Anakin's midichlorian count is? Mm-hmm. Five, four, three, two, one. Beautiful. We're back to Jeff at the top. Jeff, what do you got for us? Is it? Does he just say higher than Master Yoda's, or does he, he give say, a number? He did say that, but there is a number that we're looking for. Ah. Davey, what do you got? Over thirty-one thousand. That is incorrect. And Fry, what do you have? I said over ten thousand. 
Oof, that is also incorrect. We're we looking for all of them. Yes, we're looking for right in the middle, over twenty thousand, which mm. is higher than Master Yoda's. So very fun. Yoda only we had four. Yeah, we stumped him, Jackson. We're doing great. Ooh. I feel very accomplished as Me a too. question writer. Um, moving on to Attack of the Clones, everyone. In Attack of the Clones, Jango Fett claims that he was recruited by a man named Tyrannus on one of the moons of what planet? Good old Lord Tyrannus. Five, four, three, two, one. We start with Davy. What do you got for us, sir? Bogdan. That is correct. Bogdan is correct. Fry, what do you got for us? Uh, not Bogdan. I said Rishi. Ooh, that is a planet. We give you a quarter of a point. <laughs> and Jeff. Bogdan. Nice. Uh, we move on to a little uh, fork in the road, the Clone Wars movie. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Um, <laughs> and your question. In the Clone Wars movie, what is the name of Jabba's son? We will not accept the nickname given for Jabba's son. Five, four, three, two, one. We go to Fry. Your answer, sir. I said Rata the Hut. That is correct. And Jeff. I couldn't. I put zero. But I think that's like his brother or yeah, something. Yes, he is in that yeah. movie that everyone forgot about. And Davy. And I wrote Stinky, his nickname. Fry with a comeback gets the only point of that question. Nice job. He's the biggest Road of the Hut fan I know. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. All right. On to the fourth question in the Star Wars universe, to the world of Solo. What is the name of Warwick Davis's character in Solo, a Star Wars story? Everyone's favorite Star Wars film. Five, four, three, two, one. Mr. Jeff Brown, what do you have for us, sir? I don't know it. And Mr. Davey Willen? Weasel! That is somehow correct. Oh, Jeff is furious right now. <laughs> I forgot it's the same character from Phantom Menace. Yeah. Tough. And Fry, what do you got? Nothing. <laughs> Davey with a pole. Nice job, Davester. He just dabbed for the, the <laughs> listeners. Um, it's beautiful. Okay. Moving on to the final question in the uh, sequel, or not the sequel trilogy, uh, the prequel trilogy. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, everyone. In Revenge of the Sith, who was the first Jedi we see to be killed in the Order 66 sequence? That's a fun little question for you. Mm-hmm. Jackson definitely knew it. I did not. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Davey Willen, what do you, what do you think it is, sir? Uh, it's Kiati Mundi. That is correct. Fry. I also said Kiati Mundi. boy, that's correct as well. And Jeff for the trifecta? I thought it was Plo Kloon. I couldn't remember You're exactly. Cool. I know. I think he's the second one or something. I don't know. Maybe the third. Who's to say? I almost said Ala Secura. 
Yeah. That would have been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on to question number six. Uh, to the world of Rogue One. And the question. In Rogue One, what is K2SO's last line of dialogue? Hmm. We would accept a couple answers here. Yes, we will be leaning into this one. Five, four, three, two, one. And we start with, uh, who we start with? Jeff? Yes. Jeff, your answer, sir. Wasn't it goodbye? We will, last, last we will accept goodbye. Yes. Mm-hmm. Davey. So you're telling me it wasn't, I love you? It was not, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it wasn't. I just couldn't remember what it Very was. Very close. Uh, and Fry. I didn't write anything down. Oh, Ooh, Jeff Brown with a steal there. Goodbye. Well, what was the, we also would have accepted. Locking the bolt door now. Goodbye. Beautiful. That's his line. Shout out. Yeah, shout out Alan Tudyk. Tudyk. Well, I think I think you forgot. It's I love you. Locking the door down. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Very close. Yeah. Uh, all right, now we move into the original trilogy, and your question from New Hope is: Who is the first name mentioned in the opening crawl of A New Hope? A tricky one. If you can't read, you're Five, at a disadvantage. Four, three. Two, one. We go to Davy. Your answer is it. Pr- is it Princess Leia? That is correct. Fry. I also said Princess Leia. Ooh. Oh, very nice. And Jeff. Princess Leia. Nice. Is this job. the first question that they all three got right? I think so. Yeah, this is the nice. one I wrote. So you guys all got it. <laughs> <laughs> I also did the Rogue One one, to be fair. Yes. Good stuff. We love it. All right. On to Empire Strikes Back, my favorite Star Wars movie. In Empire Strikes Back, which captain is killed by Darth Vader after he loses sight of the Millennium Falcon? Five, four, three, two, one. Mr. Alex Fry, what do you have for us, sir? Is it Captain Nita? That is correct. Jeff. Captain Nita. Ice and Davey. I put Ozzel, even though he's an admiral, and I'm a Ooh. and I'm a big old dummy. Apology accepted, Captain Nita. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Jackson, do you want to real quick just give a score update for us before we yes. keep going? Currently, Davey and Jeff are tied for six points, and Fry is not far behind at four points. It's anybody's oh, game. It is a barn burner, baby. Mm-hmm. We, all right, we continue into the world of Return of the Jedi. In Return of the Jedi, Princess Leia infiltrates Jabba the Hutt's palace disguised as what bounty hunter? This is also a Jackson Mahuron original question. Five, four, three, two, one. And we go to Jeff Brown. Your answer. I couldn't remember. All right. Davey Willen, your answer. Boosh. That is correct. Uh, pronunciation, is that correct? Sure. 
we can. We'll take it. And and fry. I also said boosh. <laughs> oh, or bash. Okay, love that. Nice. Boosh. Boosh for you, boys. <laughs> almost almost done. In, now into the sequel trilogy to round off this round. And your question from The Force Awakens. After Maz Kanata greets Han Solo in her castle, what is the first question she asks Han? What? Five, is your birth four, three, two, one. Uh, we go to Mr. Davey Willen. Your answer, sir. Where's my boyfriend? Very, very correct and very good impression. Uh, Fry. I also said, where's my boyfriend? That is correct. And Jeff. Where's my boyfriend? Very Ooh. nice. Three for three. I like that Wookiee. Th- nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to The Last Jedi, a criminally underrated film. In The Last Jedi, what was Rose's sister's name? These old sequel trilogies. I wouldn't know any of these. Five, four, three, two, one. Uh, we start with, I don't remember, so I'm going to start with Fry. Her sister's name is Paige Tico. Oh, last name, too. Double points, not really. Correct. <laughs> Jeff. Paige Tico. Nice. Wow. Davey? Paige or Pepe. <laughs> As her <laughs> friend. <laughs> That's her friends call her, yeah. That's what Rose calls her in the in the books. It's okay. It's cool. Oh, okay. You guys are nerds. <laughs> Beautiful. And to our final question in Star Wars movie facts, in everyone's favorite Star Wars film, Rise of Skywalker. I will defend this film until I die. Okay, die on that hill. Why? I will also defend it until Davey dies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, who? was the former owner of Dio, the droid BB-8 reactivates on Pasana. It's a bunch of words I don't understand right there. Five, four, three, two, one. And we go to Jeff. I can't remember his name, but it's the Sith bounty hunter. I don't know if he'll take that. The guy who's hunting down Ray's parents. Will we take that, Carter? Uh, I will accept that. Okay. Oh, I will challenge that. <gasps> okay. We have you need a name. Challenge. I did. I, I am going to accept it on these grounds. I did not say what was the name of the former owner. All I said was who was the former owner. It's a controversial call. I'm going. Uh, J- Jackson, do you, do you agree? I, I'm sticking to Carter's guns. Thank you for supporting me. <laughs> uh, Davey, your answer, sir. Ochi of Bastoon. Wow. That is that is more correct, yes. <laughs> and, and, and Fry. I also said the bounty hunter. We'll give it to you. Okay, we're accepting it. Because that's probably the toughest question I wrote. And the fact that you were even remotely close is it's a amazing. to your knowledge. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, there was a bounty hunter? I was, well, first of all, I was like, wait, well, who the hell is Dio? <laughs> so, good stuff. Um, beautiful. That caps off the Star Wars movie facts round. 
Jackson, a score update, if you will, sir. Yes, yeah, so we have uh, Davey leading with 10 points, Ooh. and we have Jeff and Fry tied at 8 points. It's oh, still baby. anybody's game. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, on to probably my most anticipated <laughs> category. This category is called Jackson Describes a Thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. I have sent three pictures to Jackson of characters from Star Wars Universe. And Jackson, not knowing who these characters are, is going to describe them as best he can. You are going to have to work off of his description (laughs) and write down the character's name. Mm Mm-hmm. So, for round one of uh, Jackson Describes a Thing, this guy's, like, pink, and he's got, like, ho- like horn stumps, kind of. Like, horns would be coming out of these things, but they're just not ready yet. He's got red eyes and, like, kind of sharp teeth, and he's got, like, a slug thing going around his shoulders. And that's, that's all I'm going to give you there. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Five, four... Three, two. Can you repeat it? Yes. Yes. Okay. So he's like pink. (laughs) He's got like a slug like tail that comes out of the back of his head and it's like wrapping around his body. And he's got the red eyes. He's kind of like, he's got a nice jawline. He's got a butt (laughs) chin. Um, He's just wearing like a black shirt, but maybe he has like a necklace on. But yeah, he's like pink. And bumpy, kind of, but smooth in his worm-like tail. Wow. He's beautiful. (laughs) Five, four, three, two, one. All right, we will start with Jeff. Who do you think this character is? I know exactly who he is. I can't remember his name. The guy from Java's Palace, but... Yes, that is correct, but we're not giving you this one. Yeah, I figured... Um, Davey. Bib Fortuna. That's correct. Oh and Fry. I got the bib part, but I said CO Bibble. Oh. Classic Freudian bib slip there. <laughs> much respect to CO Bibble, though. Moving yeah, much, on. Much respect. Moving on to question two of, or I guess I should just say, like, I don't know what question. I don't know what question one. We're going on to the second character, anyways. <laughs> uh, this guy, he's got like an old school football helmet, like the leather cap. He's got big ears, and he's got big black eyes, and he's got these like little folds on the front of his mouth, like on his face, and he's got an orange shirt on. And that's my description. <laughs> Five, four. Three, Can you repeat the two. question? Absolutely. <laughs> or repeat your description. <laughs> so this guy, he's wearing like a rugby leather cap. His ears are giant. They're not ginormous. To his head, they're pretty big. He's got these black eyes. Like they're just black, but they're pretty big. And then he's got these folds on his face. They're like four folds in total. Like it's just like sink, like falling off of his face kind of. But yeah. And he's got an orange shirt, and he has like a, a black vest, maybe. And he's in front of a, a control panel of some sort, if that helps you. Nice. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, we go to Davy. 
Who do you think this is? It's Nian Num. That is correct. <laughs> Fry. I was stumped. <laughs> Jackson, you did a poor job of describing I'm so character. sorry. <laughs> and Jeff. Nian Num. Nice. I also would just like to think this is how George Lucas pitched every character. <laughs> so, I thought Jeff. you were going Babu, Babu Frick there for a while. <laughs> All right. Jackson. Moving on to the third and final thing that I describe. This guy, he looks kind of like a mouse and a frog had a baby. Like, he's kind of like frog-like, but like he's got like mousy skin. He's got like these sick goggles on his head, and he's got these squinty eyes. He's got these kind of long fingers for his body. Um, He's got some like, like little whiskers coming off of his face and his eyebrows. And he, he like has a nose but doesn't really i don't actually i'm gonna say he doesn't have a nose it kind of looks like it just combines with his mouth no nose but yeah end of description <laughs> actually i'm gonna say one more thing he looks like gray matter from ben 10 that's what i said originally I think I should <laughs> stick to that. okay starting um, a countdown <laughs> five four three two you repeat it one Yes. Nice. <laughs> I'll just try it again. So, so <laughs> imagine if you used all of them on just this one guy. Um, so he like has these like metal things on his arms. He's got like a sick, like little, it's like a yellow leather jacket kind of, but not really. Um, I can't tell if that's a full jacket, but yeah, he's got these like eyes and these sick goggles that look like they're from ready player one kind of, um, and he's got these whiskers again on his eyebrows, and he's like kind of small. He's holding some wires, if that helps you. Um, yeah, and he's got those those black eyes, and he's got the little whiskers on him. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with that. That's my description. <laughs> and he looks like gray matter. And he looks like gray matter. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> All right, we go to Fry first. Your your thought here. Uh, I said Babu Frick. That's correct. <laughs> I was thinking Oppo Rancisis for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> to- totally know who that is. I don't. I don't get that reference. Well, it's not. I, I like that Fry. It's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Jeff. All right. So for Jackson's description of the frog-like guy, I put Quill from Mandalorian. Incorrect. And Davey. Jeff, I actually got it because you said it last time. It was Babu Frick. Mm. That is correct. Babu Frick. Wonderful. Uh, that was Jackson Describes a Thing. Woohoo! What is our score update, Jackson? So currently we have Fry and Jeff tied for nine points and Davey with the commanding lead of 13 points. Oh man! Oh baby! Oh baby! It's still, it's still anyone's game as we move into round four. And Jackson, is this where the points are doubled? Uh, let me double check. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> nice. true. <laughs> good, good fact check there. Yes, points are doubled from one to that's right, two points. Two points. So it is anyone's game, baby. All right. Round four consists of three questions. This is behind the scenes. 
these are just questions about the production of Star Wars, facts surrounding the films. And your first question is, which of these stars did not make a cameo appearance in a Star Wars film? A, Tom Hardy. B, Ed Sheeran. C, Nick Frost. Or D, Jeff Garland. Five, four, three, two, one. And we will start with uh, Davey, I think. I don't know. We'll start with Davey. Nick Frost. That's correct. Fry. I also said Nick Frost. That is correct as well. And Jeff. Nick Frost. Very nice. Who is Jeff Garland? Don't know, but he is in the IMDb credits. Um, Have you ever seen um, which movie? And Rise of Skywalker, apparently. Oh, you're asking who Jeff Ross is, or Jeff Ross, <laughs> Jeff Garland, or no, who he actually is, or who he is in the movie? Who oh, the movie. actor. He was. Uh, oh, was he the actor? He was in Daddy Daycare. True. He's in Curb Your Enthusiasm too. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Jeff Garland, everyone. <laughs> um, all right. Second question. Who is the only actor or actress to be nominated for an Academy Award for their work in a Star Wars film? Mm-hmm. We love the Can Oscars. you repeat that question? Mm-hmm. Yes, I would love to, Jeff. Uh, who is the only actor or actress to be nominated for an Academy Award for their work in a Star Wars film? Five, four, three, two, one. We will start with Mr. Alex Fry. Uh, I said Anthony Daniels. That is incorrect. Uh, Jeff. Alec Guinness. That is correct. And Davey. Alec Guinness. That is correct. That is correct. Nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He lost. (laughs) Sorry to him. Um, final question in the behind the scenes. Uh, John Williams has composed the score for how many Star Wars films? Numbers. Five, four, three, two, one. We start with Jeff. Nine. That is incorrect. Davey. I'm, I might he's, challenge. He's okay. credited on Solo as well. So what did you so put? So 10. That is correct. And Fry. I also put 9. Okay. Uh, is, do we, we hear a challenge, Jeff? I'm going to challenge because he didn't do... John Powell was the main composer. He did do Solo's theme for Solo. Yes. But he wasn't the main composer for the film. You are correct, but he did do Rogue One. That was Michael Giacchino. Yeah, that was Michael Giacchino. <gasps> On uh oh. No, it's he he did solo with Powell. Though. He did He's the pro- he did like solo's theme or like maybe this millennium like he did a track. <laughs> but he is but he, credited. John Powell was the main composer. I know, but he film. is credited as a composer on solo. Yeah, but he's not the composer. 
But if, but if yeah, we're talking but about like, the, the whole question. body of the whole film was the body of his work, it's really just nine of them. But that wasn't the question. Upon Googling, when yes, I yes. search how many Star Wars movies did John Williams compose, nine answers come up, and it's from all of the original. It's it's all from the three trilogies. There is no official like gimme for Rogue One or uh, what was the other one? Solo. Yeah. So a te- technically, nine is the correct answer according to this. Oh baby, that is a, an upset. What a good use of a challenge. What a twist. Wait, so do I still get the points because I got Carter's no. correct no, answer? No, sorry. And he's credited as solo composer. No, stay mad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm upset because he is technically the composer for or a composer for solo. Anyways, well, you know. We go with uh, the Google on this one, everyone. If you are mad in the comments, DM Jackson McHuron. Do it. And and not me. Davey, I'll expect your DM. (laughs) (laughs) Big swing. Huge swing. I I just think we should all get the points. Nope. Anyways. Yeah, that was Uh, dumb. So that concludes behind the scenes. Uh, Jackson, give our new updated scores. So Davey is still in the lead with 17. And Jeff is close behind with 15. And Fry is also close behind with 13. It's anybody's game still. Oh, man. Especially in this last round, which Mm -hmm. is an absolute toss-up. Our final round is extended lore. Um, these questions are stupid and ridiculous, so strap in. I learned a lot researching these questions. Uh, there are three questions here, and they're still worth two points each. This is the final round. Yes. Unless we need to go into a tiebreaker. Time will tell. So, the first question. Which droid is said to be Force-sensitive in Star Wars Tales 1? Stupid question. <laughs> Jeff shaking his head. Five, nope. four, so. three, two, one. Let's start with Davey. It's R4-P17, or R4. Incorrect. Oh, no. <laughs> Fry. I said triple zero. That is also incorrect. And Jeff. Yeah, I'm comfortable not knowing that one. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer was R5D4, or he's known as Skippy. This is the oh. droid. This is the droid that explodes in A New Hope when R2 is bought in place of him. I thought that was R4. That's on me. Well. Skippy lives, Skippy lives on in our memories. <laughs> um, yeah. So, second question, which is equally as stupid as the last. In the Ewoks TV show, <laughs> great start, what power does Mount Sorrows have other than the ability to blow people off of the mountain? <laughs> this is all true. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's start with Alex Fry. I have no idea. I said uh, grow fruit. 
Probably. <laughs> probably, but incorrect. Uh, Jeff. I did a shot in the dark. Is it make people levitate? That is also incorrect, but maybe possible. And Davey. I put telekinesis because... <laughs> incorrect. The correct answer is his tears can cure anything. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mount Sorrows. Yeah, he's a clinically depressed mountain. Um, Get help. Good for him. Get help. Um, all right. The third and final question is as follows. Which of these Star Wars novels are not considered canon? A. Lords of the Sith. B. Rebel Rising. C. Red Harvest. Or D. Bounty Hunt. So, quick clarifying. You're asking which one isn't canon or which one is canon? Is not. Just okay. use your repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Five, four, three, you two. Yep. Great use. Which of these Star Wars novels are not considered canon? A. Lords of the Sith. B. Rebel Rising. C. Red Harvest. Or D. Bounty Hunt. B bounty Hunt. Five, four, Three, two, one. And we go to Jeff. Is it Red Harvest? That is correct. Davey. It is Red Harvest. That is correct. And Fry. Red Harvest. That is correct. Wow. Very good stuff. That concludes the Star Wars trivia, Jackson. Mm -hmm. What is our final score? So, in third place, we have Alex Fry with a noble 15 points. Give it Woo! up to Fry. Noble! <laughs> in second place, we have Mr. Jeffrey Brown with a noble 17 points. Shout out. Woo! Noble! And, <laughs> and Davey takes the cake in first place with a total of 19 points. It was very close, guys. Good job. Ooh, I, was, I was scared. Do you guys want to do the whole time? Do you guys want to do the tiebreaker questions just for fun? We'll give fun points. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. It's a two-parter. I'll do and I'll do it in one part and because I had two in case you got it right. The first part is in what year did Disney acquire Lucasfilm? So just for funsies, those listening. Five, four, three, two, one. Davey, what do you think? 2012. Correct. Fry? I also said 2012. Nice. Jeff? October 2012. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> it would have been crazy. And the part two would have been for how much? And then if you all would have gotten this right, then Jackson and I would have, I don't know. We would have Googled rock, paper, scissors. Who knows? <laughs> we would have just, I would have just asked you who the first AD was on Revenge of the Sith or something. Three, two, one. Uh, Fry. 
Uh, I said two point two billion. Uh, incorrect. incorrect. Jeff, is it four billion? That is correct. It was four billion. I didn't write anything down, but I would have said four point five. Uh, incorrect, loser. Just kidding. You won. And with that, that concludes our. <laughs> hey, wait, wait! Who was the first AD on Revenge of the Sith? I want to know now. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Thank you for interrupting the flow of the podcast, Davey. And with that, <laughs> we have concluded our uh, first ever Star Wars trivia. We would love to have you guys back. Uh, for the listeners who want to compete, sure, we can do like maybe we can do like a a, a trivia round preliminary round to qualify for the tournament maybe maybe we can do oh, something big fun. like that that could be cool um I but yeah. also say it doesn't have to be star wars also it doesn't no we can do other stuff we're desperate <laughs> but yeah uh thank you to our guests again shout out to jeffrey brown alex fry and davy something something <laughs> <laughs> Davey Willen, that's his last name. <laughs> nice job. I always forget if it's an N or an M, so I don't want to say it out loud. Anyways. <laughs> Good work. You didn't make a fool of yourself. Let's be, let me do that again. Shout out to... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm staying in. For Shout sure. out to Jeffrey, Alex, and Davey. <laughs> nice. Everyone's oh names. Oh my goodness. With that, we say it. Thank you. And yeah, we'll, we'll cut back to our regular podcast to end things out. But yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. I'll be back for Muppet Trivia. Heck yeah, you yeah, will. Muppet <laughs> Trivia. Love it. All right. Thanks, guys. And we're back. Wow. Uh, yeah. They did that? great, guys. Yeah, congrats, congrats. Davy. Sorry, I mispronounced your name. I <laughs> forgot it. We are friends, yeah. but you know it happens. You know things happen. It um, was early. But yeah, that was fun. Um, we're happy to do more of that with you guys. Uh, if you wanted to come on and do Star Wars stuff, mm-hmm. we'll have that happen. If you want to do different trivia, we'll let that happen. You just let us know. You just gotta message us, guys. You know, just yeah. message us, man. We'll bring you on. Beautiful. Um. My voice is stuck like this. Let's move on to the list is life. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. All right. Um... All right, I'm back. So the list is life. Um, for those that don't know, the list is life is a segment where I have a list of every narrative feature film I've ever seen ranked from one to over 1900 now at this point. And Jackson picks a number each week, and I tell him what movie corresponds to that number, and we just shoot the breeze about it for like five yeah. minutes. And last week, I think I just gave my soul Wonder Woman 1984 and Wonder Woman all mm-hmm. in the same episode. Yeah, you ranked those. It was a real treat. Um, so yeah, this week, uh, Jackson, what number are we feeling, buddy boy? Let's go with uh, 175. Oh, okay. That's a nice little number there. Nice, nice in-betweener there. And I will scroll. My list is long, so I have to scroll. Um, oh, okay. This kind of fits the bill of what we've been talking about. Awesome. On this episode. Um, number 175 is a classic. Some might consider it the best sci-fi movie of all time. Oh. Uh, this is, my 175 movie is Blade Runner. Oh, wow. I love yeah. I, so 
I had to watch. Th- I watched this for the first time uh, this past year in 2020. A fantastic first watch. I it's wish I could great. go back to the first time I've watched it. Um, it is a slow burn. That is for it sure. It certainly is. Yeah. You need to be in the right mentality, yeah. in the right framework. If you're expecting like a, a big like action-y movie, it's not really that. It has its moments, um, but it is a slow burn. It has a cool philosophy um, to it, which it I does. like. Um, but uh, for those that don't know what Blade Runner is, um, directed by Ridley Scott, 1982. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this like smog, like dystopian Los Angeles, and I should say the dystopian Los Angeles, it's 2019. Is it um, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, they missed it by a year. <laughs> yeah, so close. Um, but there are these people called Blade Runners. And Rick Deckard is the Blade Runner that we follow, played by Harrison Ford. And what Blade Runners do is they have to go out and they have to essentially terminate these things called replicants Mm -hmm. who have escaped to Earth seeking their creator uh, in a way to extend their short lifespans. Um, Which is like, like right there is just a great setup for a movie. It's like these beings that have been created like the ultimate like ai like blah 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 they're trying to extend their life um which is very cool i mean it's a a cool premise it's out there for sure yeah just a really neat idea and like a ip that like is just now being tapped into really well again like blade runner 2049 is like a great sequel to this movie i still haven't seen that one actually I need it's to really, it's really good. And it builds off of the lore created in this one. Uh-huh. And I think it's just really well done. It's just, like you said, it's a slow burn. Yeah. And, um, I think Rutger Hauer is like the main baddie, the main uh-huh. baddie replicant. And he is great in his role. And it's, yeah, it's great. It's just like, I think that guy died like this past year or something. Yeah. He did die recently. Yeah. Um, I remember but yeah, it's that. just, um, it's just Harrison Ford going around tracking being a cool people detective. to kill, being a cool detective in the sci-fi environment, and then I think yeah. he like falls in love with Daryl Hannah or something. Mm-hmm. No, that might be the different girl, the but Daryl Hannah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, um, um, the reason why I watched it was for uh, one of my film classes because we were talking about adaptation. Because uh, I don't know if you know, this movie inspired the manga of uh, Ghost in the Shell. I don't know if you've oh, heard really? about that, but it's uh, Ghost in the oh. Shell is a manga and anime and uh, movie with Scarlett Johansson that got adapted and people like kind of hated just because she was a white woman playing yeah. uh, an Asian role. But even though the character actually wasn't Asian in the anime, I don't know. It's interesting um, and kind of cool. I don't know. And it, it uh, dives that movie dives into uh, and just like that franchise dives into the uh, themes of what does it mean to be a human or like and like these like false memories and all sorts of stuff like that that you see in uh yeah. blade runner and it's great it's it's awesome so yeah yeah i agree yeah. uh blade runner yeah i gave it four and a half stars Woo-hoo! i think that's i think that's a totally fair uh rating of it i think it's great thank you so appreciate, Woo-hoo! appreciate ridley it. scott the king of sci-fi yes so. check out blade runner i think it's on hulu check it out is it yeah, I think it's on Hulu. I feel like I saw it on Netflix when I watched it, but maybe it moved. So, according to Letterboxd, shout out, it's on Hulu at the moment. Shout out, sweet, Woo. good stuff. Yeah, shall we move that on was. to our final segment? Yeah, let's move on to. Uh, I'll have what she's having. 
I'll have what she's having. And uh, with that, Carter, uh, do you have any recommendations going into uh, this week? I do. Um, one I have, it's out actually by the time we're recording this, it's out today on the 7th Ooh. on Netflix. It's called Pieces of a Woman. And cool. this is um, a movie with Vanessa Kirby and Rip Shia LaBeouf. Um, yeah, um, this is about a Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby, if you don't know, she was in Mission Impossible, one of the Mission Impossible movies, mm-hmm. and she was in Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, Hobbs year, and Shaw. 2019. Shout yeah. out. She's like <laughs> an action star right now, but this is like her role, her step into drama, who's cool. apparently getting Oscar buzz for it. Ooh, um, fun. It's about, and it sounds devastating off the bat, it's about a heartbreaking home birth that leaves a woman grappling with the profound emotional fallout, isolated from her partner and family by a chasm of grief. Like, wow. Damn. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it'll, it has marriage story vibes for me, I would say. Oh, really? Okay. In the, in the sense that it'll just break my heart and shatter it into a million pieces. Um. So I will be watching that probably in the comfort of my bed um, cool. at some point. But that's what I'm looking forward to. Vanessa Kirby, Oscar buzz. And they were going to be running Shia LaBeouf as for Oscar or like award season for this role. But I think they have decided to pull his name after the domestic abuse allegations. You never him. know if Casey Affleck can win an Oscar with his allegations. True. You never know what can happen. on So freaking Roman Polanski won an Oscar. Like, <laughs> years after he had to flee the u.s because he like raped a kid so yeah anything can happen you never you never happen. know at the oscars jeez um, <laughs> who knows maybe kevin spacey will get an honorary award this year or something. <laughs> a lifetime achievement award <laughs> yeah you never know yikes Gosh, maybe jeremy oh, yeah. renner will be up for some <laughs> nominations jeremy renner we're still on the watch we're still watching you dude we're always on the wall one eye open uh, on jeremy renner <laughs> just like his wife um all right uh jackson what are you into so this was going to be my uh like this was going to be my what i'm into earlier this uh in the episode but because of the news i decided to move this into my recommendation Um, this is definitely not for any everybody uh this is something i'm like just now getting into uh which is as nerdy as it is uh dungeons and dragons uh as who thought who would have thought i could have gone down the rabbit hole even more but here wow. I am. Um, so, but this isn't me playing. I have not played it before. But there's this mm-hmm. uh, YouTube channel called College Humor. I'm sure you're familiar with, and oh, they yeah. have uh, a side channel called Dimension Twenty, where it's just like these really, really funny people doing a campaign. It's like it looks like I, I I'm only two episodes in. It looks like it's like 18 episodes long, and they're about yeah. two hours each session, or like an hour and a half each session, and it's like really fun to watch like and i wouldn't think it would be but like it's great as like silly as it sounds uh, i actually might tune into that actually it's really good this one takes place like in new york city during like santa con but like all the santas are like clones from the real santa but they've been mutated this year for some reason so they're like fighting a bunch of santa monsters and it's great yeah Um, not a I, I know nothing about dungeons and dragons but i it's a whole world that i don't know so it I'll is yeah it's a whole can of worms but like as a casual newcomer to it i'm having a blast watching these guys joke around and have fun it's great so sick yeah awesome. mm-hmm. great suggestion thank you uh, 
yeah well, jackson uh, that's that's it we've done it that's it this is our first ever real experimental episode and we hope yeah. you guys liked it if not uh okay <laughs> <laughs> cool that happens you know well, you know it can't all be winners that's just your opinion man nice so. <laughs> but yeah um, yeah again uh shout out to jackson for uh keeping that instagram running if you haven't Ooh. followed us yet check us I out have news. What is... <gasps> news i have news carter i'm so sorry i'm interrupting you because we have had we've gained a new listener from australia <gasps> oh wow what oh. a way to end the podcast i'm so sorry i almost forgot we have yeah, been listening right. to in five of the six possible continents to be listened to now which is awesome which is amazing because i'm pretty sure you can't listen in in antarctica if you can and you're from there let us know and uh if you're a penguin face or something yeah the thing let us know uh yeah that'd be great but if you know anyone from asia uh send it to them that'd be awesome yeah Please, we'd love or to. if you know anyone who's like hanging out there i guess they don't have to be from there i guess they could be living there uh yeah that'd be cool let's get all the continents let's let's uh conquer the earth with our sick soothing voices let's do that yeah baby, um, we love that <laughs> but yeah follow us on uh on instagram at roughcut underscore pod we post little stuff on our stories that are fun we did a pixar uh bracket uh, we do fun stuff on there, so give us a follow. And yeah, yeah. And if out. you would like to come on the podcast for a little bit, talk to us about a passion movie that you like to watch or whatever. You want to compete in trivia? Message us. Let us know. I think that's gonna be. We're gonna try to bring on someone to do that in the next couple weeks or so. So yeah, so it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. And with that, we just want to say uh, thank you again for all the support and. Uh, yeah. Thanks for yes. checking us out. We love you. We love you so much. <laughs> Goodbye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.